Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Your Future is in Your Next Choice. I love that. And my guest is Dan Hegerich. Now, I'm going to read a statement from Dan. Usually I, I say things in my own voice, but I love what he said. It's so eloquent and powerful that I want to keep it in his voice. I'm not going to try to mimic him, but it'll be in Dan's first person as he wrote it. And he said, the newest thing over the last two to three years has been the explosion in online self-guided coaching, nutritional programs, movement and exercise programs, etc. Yet I still come back to the basics of intimate connection via live in-person coaching and still hold up, still uphold the basic tenets to human life. Health is the foundation to life and love is the purpose for living. Now, now you understand why I wanted to read that in the first person. I didn't want to dilute it from my point of view. So <laughs> that, is some, that is a powerful statement, Dan. So Thank we're going to be talking with Dan and we'll be talking about conscious healing, primal nutrition, self-love, primal movement, freedom, really fascinating and, and interesting and valuable topics. So let me tell you about Dan Hegerich. He is six times cancer survivor turned heroic life and wellness coach and an expert in conscious healing. Dan generously shares his knowledge, wisdom, and insights born out of his experience with terminal cancer six times. Over the last two decades, Dan has traveled extensively learning from experts in the fields of nutrition, movement, detoxification, and mental performance, resulting in greater understanding of life and love. As a coach, Dan works one-on-one -on -one with those who desire to optimize their health and align each moment with purpose and meaning in their work and relationships. As, uh, as the host of Do the Cure, and that's also an acronym, <laughs> uh, what does it stand for, Dan? Uh, I'm going to hold that back until okay, uh, hold, future hold reference. On to, yeah, it, might, to, it might be fun down the road. Very good. I love yeah. it. So he hosts Do the Cure. It's a podcast uh, like this one. Dan's mission and purpose is to make a contribution to the eradication of chronic degenerative diseases as part of the human experience. That is quite a background, uh, biography and uh, endeavor. Uh, fantastic stuff. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, thank you, Tony. This has been amazing. I mean, we just mentioned something about technology, but this is a beauty, the beautiful part of using technology for the evolution of our own species, you know, and ourselves and our own species. So and uh, you're so warm and friendly. It's uh, This is a joy right now already. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dan. And this is going to be a really great conversation interview. I mean, 
I don't have to repeat what I just read about you. Uh, you really espouse the value of one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I was a life coach. I know how great it is. It's well, and so rewarding for both parties. Uh, but now I'm the head of a technological coaching company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're creating an app that's going to revolutionize self-help and indeed coaching. But I'm the first one to say, there's no, you can't mimic, as far as I know, not yet, the one-on-one -on -one connection, the real thing, real people, real people connecting with each other, connecting with each other, especially an expert. Uh, where there's where one can guide or use techniques or intervene. There's there's no parallel to that. So, but what I created with Proficio, which is going to transform self help and, and people are going to love self help because most people are not into self help. I contend primarily because they fear failure, but there are other reasons too. But when self help finally works because of Proficio, this app that I created, which makes it work. I mean, if self help worked. I would have been a millionaire a long time ago. Self-help doesn't work, okay? Because I'm still left with me, right? I'm the problem, right? And I am also the solution when I ask for help. Yeah. Um, and so, because, you know, and I'm, I'm not a person who ever um, mitigates the value or the ability of a person, but I also I strive to stay humble. And I say, by myself, I can do really good. But it's only in cooperation with others that I do great. That's, this is that's the thing. This is what this is. Yeah, this is it. So great stuff, man. I mean, you got you got some, you got an incredible background. <laughs> well, it was you know I was a civil engineer and I was following the American dream, right? So we know the script that we've been conditioned to follow, with nuances, right, and idiosyncrasies within each family member. Mm in culture yeah so the american dream was go get a, a good education get a good job now i'm gonna be egotistically set to meet the right woman and then i can uh marry that woman get a house have children save for retirement starting at 22 23 out of college start saving for retirement and the, uh, my only concern was oh i better watch my retirement plan and yeah. uh and then you get the house, you get the kids, and, the, and then you wait for grandchildren, and then you retire, and then you die. So if you're Catholic, that's suffer, die, and get buried, right? That's just the simple way of life that we're programmed in. And cancer came into my life at 29 years old, and it ruined, well, it changed that program. Mm. It changed the script. And so, Tony, it came by with a question from my first oncologist. So I was in this, his office wondering why am I so sick at 29 years old? And standing up behind his desk, we met eye to eye, we shook hands and he had a question. Looking eye to eye, he said, Dan, how did such a young man such as yourself get into the business of cancer? So you could pull that apart, right? We could all, I mean, every single word in that, you could pull that apart. That's quite a framing. Right. So, and it was very casual. Like we're having a conversation right now. It was just very casual. It wasn't something that felt scripted. And I took that question and turned it inward. And the interesting thing about our mind, if you, the, if you ask the right questions, the mind will look for the answer. Okay. Even if you ask the wrong question, it'll look for the answer. Right. So it doesn't. So I turned it inward. I said, Dan, how did you get here? And Tony, in real simple terms, I was living an ignorant and arrogant life. I was ignorant of my true self. And if you want to expand that, you could say I was ignorant 
<laughs> I was ignorant of the eternal self. So, I've got the bust of Julius Caesar coming in the video here. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you, you, you realized you were ignorant and arrogant. Yeah, I was doing things I knew were not right. And I didn't know the things that I was doing wasn't in my best interest. So that's ignorance, right? Yes. Ignorance is I didn't know, so I'm forgiving myself. My parents made choices out of their ignorance and arrogance, right? So I have to forgive and allow myself to accept that they made those choices based on their essentially American script programming, a, a, a based on a program. So they weren't really, their true self really wasn't present because if your true self is present, we're all loving, happy, abundant, generous, prosperous, you know, all those beautiful virtues that we all have, that's the true self expressing that in all relationships. So I knew that I had some work to do and really it came down to, I just have to be more aware so that that awareness can bring out let, more let choice. Me, let me stop you for a second, Dan. So you're saying that all the, the negative traits, characteristics, call them negative, right? Uh, you know, lying, lying, whatever, right? That's not who the true self is. That's 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 not the true self. That might be the ego, might be something else, but it's not the true self. Exactly. I'll put it this way. You know when you feel angry? Yes. So angry is an emotion that you're experiencing it's real for you, but it's not the truth. Yes. Right? Be why? Because anything that comes and goes and changes is not the truth. The truth remains the same. Okay. Okay. So anything that keeps changing and fluctuating, that to me is the lie. And essentially, I was already brought into the American script, which was I am the body. I am the body mind, which is right. a lie. It's a straight up lie from the yogis, great saints, gurus, you name it, sages shamans they'll all tell you that your eternal life in physical form and so that's the real self is eternal life anything else is a lie or if you're toltec wisdom they'll call that it's a delusion you're in the delusion you're in the illusion of uh the phenomena of this physical plane of living so ignorant and arrogant i was living so now i said i have to learn how to do right how i've done wrong to myself and others so that was my life syllabus and it changed the script. So by the way, so you mentioned Toltec. I, I believe uh, Don Miguel Ruiz who wrote yeah. uh, uh, The Four Agreements was uh, has a Toltec uh, ancestry. Uh, and that, you know, we look at, we, we look at these, uh, these ancient civilizations or these older tribes or ethnicities. There's a lot of wisdom that has gotten buried over the years. I mean, and I think a lot more <laughs> stuff that's valid today than, than what's covered up today or diluted today. Uh, right now, for example, right now I'm studying um, Marcus Aurelius. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. You know, and man, the stuff is yeah. so profound, so dynamic and applicable. That's why I'm saying it's truth because it remains. It's 2,000 years old. Right. Right. And even probably older. Right. So it's been refined to their time when they were the stoics were in power um and when the stoics were up against the legalists so the stoics were the philosophers for living an optimal life through virtue yeah right so wisdom self-control self-mastery you know courage you got to have gratitude and love and temperance yeah all those things so but the legalists that were coming into power were threatened so they had to say, no, human beings are actually dumb and stupid and cattle and they don't know how to live. So we have to tell them how to live. 
And so now we're in a, you come full circle 2,200 years ago or whatever. Now we're in a place where the legalists are in control and the philosophers are trying to come back like you and I. <laughs> we're trying to come back to that virtuous life, not in the sense that I'm going to tell Tony what to do. I'm going to live it. You know, I live the virtue. I don't care what anyone else does. You know, I'm going to raise my awareness so my ignorance is softened. And then I'm going to live with more integrity so my arrogance is softened. Right. And awareness just brings out more width for the choices that we have. Right. So awareness is just necessary to make choices. Because mostly when you're in the program, you don't think you have a choice. You're just going by what you're supposed to be doing. And I don't have a choice. So now you're on that American dream is really a victim pathway in some regards. Certainly there's other, other pathways in it, but most people are on the victim pathway. But when you switch to the heroic pathway, that means you're going to have to have courage. And that courage is um, expressed through the heart of your own loving nature, your true nature. So that's the pathway of knowing what's right, doing what's right, and doing what's right, knowing what's right feels good. Totally. You know, courage is my highest value. And I, I, don't, I don't pretend to be some sort of hero because I, I, I'm a committed self-developer. But quite frankly, I mostly fail at self-development. You know, I, I mostly do, I'm not the person I want to be. Uh, however, I am committed to self-development and I am courageous enough to keep at it. <laughs> so, so I'm in the game. I'm still in the game. <laughs> the program's really hard. The programming is hard. I mean, you go on every street corner. If you want a quick coffee, it's on every street corner. Right. You right. know? So, Absolutely. I mean, or sugar, you know, I mean, it's, 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 we're bathing in vices that have become virtuous. Yes. Right. Absolutely. We're bathing in it. It's on billboards, oh right? God. It's everywhere that your vice has now become virtuous. Yeah. Like incredible. learn, you know, get your potential from this cannabis dispensary. Like right. learn about your potential from this dispensary. Right. So that's a vice, potential vice being misused to think that you can actually conquer the world if as long as you go to my dispensary, you know. Absolutely. So that's an example. Or gambling, right? Gambling's all over the place. It's another vice that can turn that has become virtuous. Instead of risk-taking, you're an entrepreneur. So that's risk-taking, different. That means you have awareness of the risk right. and the choices you're making. That's totally different than gambling. Right. Essentially, I gambled with the American dream script. Yeah. <laughs> and I, right? I, know, I know someone who tries to justify his gambling with, uh, you know, with risk-taking uh, and, and investment. I'm like, okay, yeah, you can make that argument, but uh, how's it working out for you? <laughs> well, a professional gambler is not a professional gambler. They're different. Yeah. You know? and, they're yeah. totally different. Right. But there, you can also, this guy calls himself professional gambler and he's uh, totally broke. Uh, right. Well, that's, yeah. Well, there you go. His, it's, his philosophy's not working. It's denial. <laughs> but then let's take a moment to hear, come from, hear from our sponsor. I'm going to come back, come right back, and I'm going to start getting to some meaty questions. But this has been great so far, really great. We'll come right back after this uh, announcement from our sponsor with Dan Hagerich. This episode of Self Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. People start something, then something comes up, or they need a break or even a vacation, and they often never get back on track. Perficio is designed to allow all of this. Visit www.perficio.io. 
That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can live your life as you learn and make progress toward your life-changing goals. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petrozzo. We're having a fascinating conversation with Dan Hegerich. He's talked about the veil of today's society, the uh, really the the illusion <laughs> that's going on all around us, uh, whether it's done deliberately or not, all sorts of things are going on. And we know what's the right thing to know or do. Uh, it's, it's a difficult uh, discernment. So let, let, let's get it, let me get into my first question, Dan. Empowerment is a popular self-development topic. Mm-hmm. How would you describe or define empowerment? Empowerment is being able to take the choices know the choices and take the action on who you want to be in the world, right? And having self-control over the old self, trying to pull you back into the old habits that take you away from who you want to be. So the more in a day that I make choices that bring me towards who I want to be, that's empowerment. It's very simple, right? It's just in the choice and the action that takes me towards who I want to be and become. Has nothing to do with what I'm doing has nothing to do with what I'm earning. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's who are you being, okay, and becoming. And we know that what you do today sets down your destiny for tomorrow. It sets the tracks, right? So empowerment is just that. And it's really take, you could say empowerment is often regarded as I give power to you, you know, But really, as a coach, you're just trying to assist a person to cultivate their own internal empowerment, their own power. So they're giving power back to themselves. I totally agree. You know, I'm an NLP practitioner. And Steve Andreas was a great uh, Nilper creator and early guy, pioneer, author. He died recently, but he you know, he was controversial, which I love. And I remember him attacking Tony Robbins, who's NLP's rock star. Because uh, Tony Robbins really professes power. Indeed, when his first book was called uh, Personal Power or his, or his home study course. But Tony Robbins says that personal power is the ability to act. And I agree. Uh, however, there's the thing that, that comes before acting. And that is who I am. Yeah. You see, who yeah. I am it yeah. dictates my ability to act. <laughs> and it act, in, act in a way that's not self-abusive, self-destructive, victimizing, right. because we're all making, we're all making choices. Let's face it. Everyone's making a choice. It doesn't right. mean that choice is in your best interest. Yeah, absolutely. But the empowerment one is that you're intentionally making a choice that brings you to this sense of self that you want to see in the world. Like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. So empowerment is making those habits uh, uh, based on who you want to be in the world. And then you can be, you can be who you want to be in anything you're doing. You could be a cashier at Walmart and change Walmart. And a lot depending more. on the level of being you are. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, I don't know who said it offhand, but he said, it was a, I think he said, everyone wants, everyone thinks to change the world. Nobody thinks to yeah. change himself. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is the key, or at least the best way to change. And it. they, they point fingers that they want the community to change. They want yeah, the yeah. government to change right. it. They want uh, the town hall to change it. Exactly. I get it. I, and I, I know I'm a fan of community, but each community is made up of individuals and it's the individual that has the power. 
and then more individuals with power makes a community that has more power. I think that the critical component here, or a critical component, or at least a counterbalance, is the ecology. As we say in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, when, you, when, we, when we make a goal in NLP, we say well-formed outcomes, we have to consider the ecology. What are the consequences? What are the implications? How's it gonna affect other people? Is it all, is it all be good? Or is there bad here? You know, you know, is there a negative effect to other people or groups of people or the environment? Because that has to be considered. Because when I can make a decision on my on the goal that I want to pursue, or at least or and or how I pursue it, I better take that into account because that will be true empowerment. But right. And that's exactly what the Toltec wisdom is, is that when when husband and wife are getting to procreate. The way they prepare themselves, I think it's Native American and other cultures, yeah. they prepare their body, the temple, for the seed of inspiration to come in, a soul, and they make sure that the choices they're making will last four generations. They try to think four generations, wow. right? So I think that's a very powerful way to think about what you're eating right now in terms of, you know, where is it going to go four generations when you're in that procreation phase? But um yeah, so the the whole the whole idea right now in my life, because I had a chronic illness um, that was terminal at a young age, it, I flipped it up on its side where I, I started the process of saying, wait, if cancer is a disease and that somebody holds that to be true, in this plane of living, we have to have the opposite statement true to uphold it. So what does that mean? Up and down, um, they support each other. All right. So if someone says cancer is a disease, that means the opposite must be true. Cancer is not a disease, has to be upheld. But if you look at cancer as a disease, you'll look at it differently, usually through a microscope. If you look at cancer as not a disease, you'll look at it from a telescope and you'll pull back and you'll look at the big picture of it. And you'll find out that cancer is not a disease. And in so fact- it's, Wait, so hold on, back up. So it's both a disease and not a disease at the same time? Yeah, based on your perception of how you wanna look at the coin. Okay. Absolutely. And how you've been programmed. Like who's told you that it's a disease? Yes, it's a, yes, it's not expressing your optimal self. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's this. Yes, it's that. But so isn't so many other things. You know, there's a lot of things that fall into that, but they don't categorize it as a disease. Okay, so it's a it, it's not necessarily a reframing. And it's, and it's not necessarily obtuse. It's just being open-minded. I'm, I'm trying to understand this. Oh, I mean, I'm open-minded enough that you can realize that the way you see things is not the only way to see things. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. That's the, that's our ignorance, right? Playing at us. We got to be way more what open-hearted and open-minded, right? But if if I'm really invested in my ego sense of self, then I'll have a lot of defense mechanisms in place Absolutely. to keep me feel safe, right? Because the vulnerability of that sort of dissolving is really, it's real. You know, it, that dissolving of this sense of self of like, oh shit, now I got to tell the truth. But Tony, you know, how can you question a truth if it was built on a lie? Mm, right. That's the, so that's where pain comes into play, right? Or love, ultimate, absolute love, the presence of a yogi, the presence of uh, someone that could really help you but usually it's pain that can help wake it up and say wait i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take a honest look and that's what happened to me was there was this pain 
and this realization that my mortality was threatened. And so I had to be open-minded and open-hearted to start the process, but it took me six years and six cancers and a divorce to break down some of that ego. And that still wasn't enough. I still had to, once I got rid of my tumors on my own, I still had to travel and, and keep opening up a relationship with this something else that's inside of all of us. And so the, pa the pain six times was having cancer six times. That was the pain each time. And that, that woke you up or at least alerted you to look at things closely, yeah. differently. Start taking things apart. And this like is the true. engineer. It really woke up the engineer. Like, take it apart. Take things apart. Like, look at it from a science point of view and try to be objective as much as I could. And you know, this resonates so true. Uh, and and uh, allow me to share for a moment, Dan. You know, uh, today, today, happened, today is November 17th. Tomorrow, and I, I, I don't keep count here. I don't, I'm a recovered drug addict. Tomorrow is 22 or 23 years clean and sober for me. And what happened was I was trying to get sober, get clean, and not very successfully. And then I heard the news, the news that my sister was killed by a drunk driver, who's my favorite person in the world. And that was my, what they say, my bottom. That was my bottom. But it wasn't didn't have anything to do with me. It was just the news of it. But it was so painful. Okay, it was so painful, the news, that it woke me up mm -hmm. that to the truth about myself mm -hmm. and how I was living. Mm -hmm. And I, I had tried, I, I tried, I rounded it off to 600 times that I quit using drugs, including society's favorite drug, alcohol. Eight years of trying to get clean and sober, right? Unsuccessfully, because it's a serious maladaptation. And then till I woke up to the truth of myself and how I was living. And then I got, then I asked for help, got the help. And asking for help is the true sign of greatness. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. a true sign of greatness. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then the truth is that, you know, I you know, I am a you know, I'm a coach, I'm a I'm an NLP practitioner, you know, entrepreneur, executive director, blah, blah, blah. The most profound thing I ever did was to get clean and sober, which was to help my to, to thin the veil. The thin the veil between the perpetual yes. veil between my eyes and reality. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that comes back to one of the things that people ask when I'm coaching them. The first thing that everyone has to do on this path is get sober. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, you know, I don't I care how you do it. It, it. You have to realize that you have to get rid of the, the, the techniques that you've been using for your survival. I mean, it's really just the technique to survive. It's, it's a it's a strategy. It's not a healthy strategy, but it is a strategy for your survival. And then uh, you're going to have to come in contact with all those choices you made when you were under the influence and delusional, and you'll come right back to those choices. But now you have to do it with an empowered person. Uh -huh. You have to access the empowerment to say no and yes. Like, Tony, it's really get your yeses and nos right. I need to say yes to something, which means I'll say no to something else right. automatically. If I say no to something, I'm saying yes to something else. So just keep in touch with identifying with what it is you want to say yes to. You know, yes. what is it? And for you and me, when we bought them out in that suffering, I didn't come to planet Earth under my God to suffer, die and get buried. <laughs> that, that, was, that was what I was doing. I was living that life, suffer, right. die, get buried. But the suffering was unconscious. And that's what 
drinking and drugs and things like that, it pushes it deeper unconsciously, your own suffering. That's what it is. Now, on the heroic path and conscious healing, you have to uncover all those ways you are unconsciously suffering and consciously suffer. You have to enter the pain. Absolutely. You have to enter the pain with a, a good mentor or coach and a good community that represents who you want to be in the world. Yep. So uh, we both experienced that bottoming and coming out of it, you're still human. You still have this human conditioning, but you have something else calling us forward, which yes. I call it this conscious self, this something else, this um, what Stephen Harrison writes in being one. Uh, he says that there is this experience that you have is con uh, being conscious of consciousness. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Now the next trick is to be conscious as consciousness <laughs> my mind going like this uh, yes conscious as consciousness two different things that's in light that's that's the nirvana that's the that's the holy grail that's the sunum bonum that's the that's the point where you say i don't have a soul i am soul because i know it oh, you know oh. how people say oh my soul told me to do this my soul told me to do that well that's a separation right Right. So you're conscious of consciousness, but you're not conscious as consciousness because then it comes into oneness. Yeah. I mean, I, I know. I mean, of course, I'm a spiritual person. I walk a spiritual path uh, and you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just sharing the experience that is driving it. me. And in my life, you know, the American script about marriage, too. It's the same thing. You know, you make me better, a better person. We come together. We're one union union. Well, that's not holy matrimony. Holy matrimony is that part of you that says, I am a soul and the actual soul, and they come together in holy matrimony. Okay. And now it's just, I am. All right. Yeah. I am it. And that's what everybody on this listening to this is it. You're it. You're, you're it. You're, you're, that's it. You're it. And however you see the world right now is the way the world's going to go. So the the it is is the collective us is that it the the, the it the, your the collective it. I yeah through the individual the collective I the us the us that seems like the me <laughs> yeah but it's still through the individual and um and then it they all come towards that same place that holy matrimony which is that coming together of masculine feminine energy in the presence of this something else wow wow stuff. So. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to take a commercial break and I'm going to digest that for a few seconds. And then we're going to come right back with Dan. Great stuff. Great stuff. Dan. This episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by Perficio. What are the secrets to wealth? Benjamin Franklin taught them, but people are ignorant or just forget. What if you make sure neither afflicts you? Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O where you can actually become certain you are on your way to wealth. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. Dan Hegerich just blew my mind. So I'm just going to, as I sit there and let that go on, uh, I'm going to get into the next part of this conversation. All right. So we talked about some recognition here about, well, talked about consciousness and and different ideas or facets of consciousness. So let's talk about 
conscious healing. What is conscious healing? I think we touched on it in the last segment, which was basically you have to enter the pain. Entering the pain is a lot less painful than resisting it. And you have to do it sober. You have to do it with consciousness. You have to do it with acceptance. You have to do it with uh, some grit. You have to do it with a lot of different virtues of courage. And to be honest, conscious healing is about opening a relationship with faith. So it's recognizing that pain is a signal, is a signal to you. Pain is a signal that something needs to change. Right. And so then you, okay, you like now you now instead of, of running away from the pain, which we yes. tend to do naturally yep. and, and conditionally. Yeah, we we avert it. We we just yeah. Right. Now, and we, we chase pleasure that right. we get. And the more unconscious suffering we have, the greater the need for immediate gratification. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. But you can't, right. but you're chasing immediate gratification, but then you have to keep doubling down every time you set the bar because you can't satiate it. Yeah, it's it's a circle. You know this from drinking, right? And drugs. You can't you can't satiate that victim pathway because the call to live a heroic life, the empowered life, is always there. And you're in that conflict of knowing and trying to numb out the knowing. Yes. And that's the conflict. You can't keep that conflict going and you can keep it going. I'm sorry, that's a choice, but yeah. knowing that at the end of that rainbow, it's death and it's problematic to a lot of people around you yeah it's a fool's errand it's you can you can you can keep on living till the day you die and there's all kinds of qualities of life but uh i i'm here to tell you that addiction or you know or if if you and there's you know it's kind of it's kind of a cliche but the first symptom of addiction is this denial but you know just look at the, your life is is your life the way you want it and if it if the answer is yes then go to the next question. Is it exactly the way you want it? <laughs> <laughs> right? right? If it's not, then, you know, some deeper questions may be, uh, you know, it may be time for them. Uh, oh, it's just time to move on because some people just won't wake up. Let's face it. I, I mean, I, I'm not being harsh. I'm being real. Yeah. Yeah, just have to move on. Like, I think it was Christ that said this is, forget the walking dead. Move on to somebody that really is reaching their hand up for help. Yeah. You know, and help them. And that will change society uh, for the better. So um, so conscious healing can be done in any manner. I use I can use movement therapy, exercise, you could use nutrition. I'm doing a I'm starting up a um, intro to food mastery as a portal to freedom through conscious healing. Wow. Just food, yeah. Right, I, I understand you're, you're very much on the food side. That is an important part of, of your program and your wellness. Yeah, nutrition and movement at the two strands. If you think about it, nourishment, you need to be nourished in order to move in a certain way. Right, right? and, and today, today's diet, what we think of as diet, and I, I don't mean you know restriction of food to lose weight. I'm talking about what people generally consume is a very suspicious or questionable. Uh, it's programmed I mean, in. If you don't choose it, it's programmed in. Yeah. And you eat because you can, you eat because of you feel obligated, you eat because of this and that. But one thing you don't do is you don't eat because you're hungry, <laughs> which is really what we're supposed to do. Right. 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 And we've lost the message of when am I really hungry? Yes. And, and so what are you really hungry for? that you're using food to stuff down, right? And hide. 
Yes. It's another form. It's a major addiction, right? And um, so, and society is fatter than by far than ever before. It seems to me that ever before. It's well, this is this is the addiction of separation. It's not mm -hmm. the addiction to the food. It's not the addiction. It's the addiction of that. It's the addiction to the suffering. Yes. Because when you keep eating mm -hmm. the way you do, you create more suffering for yourself, right. which means that you have to keep going. Mm -hmm. So you're addicted to suffering. Because your God says this is what you're supposed to be doing. I think that's a, you might want to change your philosophy of who your God is. Yeah, or change change your God entirely. <laughs> yeah, change the whole thing, right. And and create a God, like create right. one for yourself, right? right? Create, create one that works for you. <laughs> and I did, I created one in a sense. I mean, it was Christ, Buddha. Those are, those are people that, uh, uh, philosophies that I really followed because it seemed like, I was living that and then I found their information and I, I really followed it. So I concur, you know, it was sort of the ego was delusional about that stuff. And then when I started waking up, that stuff made sense and I experienced it. So that's why I said health is the foundation to life. I mean, let's face it. What is more important than your health? Um, yeah. A ask an unhealthy person. They'll yeah. Tell you. They'll What's tell the you. most important to, uh, to the foundation? But we know that if you had a baby or a child, that the most thing, the thing that you want is that child to be healthy. You don't care who it's going to be in the world. Right. You want it to be healthy. So at the beginning, health is the foundation. Mm. And then you want that child to be loving. So love is the purpose. Now, how you go about finding that and doing that and being that is up to you. That's the freedom you have. Wow, that's great. That's why health is freedom. Health is freedom. Yeah. Just like financial health can be freedom. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the amount of money. I'm talking about the relationship with money. It's very logical. You know, when you free yourself from any uh, parasitic notions to that, it's a very logical consideration. And that's why they have in your work, the neuro-linguistic programming. Think of this. Society is on course for its own demise because there's a program that says disease is inevitable and out of your control. Yep. That's a program. This program. Yep. And because everyone, it's happening to everyone, we have normalized it. Yeah. My girlfriend, she, you know, she always tries to persuade me to take this drug or that, or, you know, let's go see a doctor. And, I, and I, I'm not a, totally against drugs or doctors. I'm, you know, I just like to reserve those for the last resort section uh you know well that's I, like going to the casino <laughs> you're gambling yeah you're gambling right and I, so I, you I know believe in homeopathy i believe yeah. in self-healing i believe in spiritual connection yeah. not you know not you know christian science where where yeah. i don't I'm not going to take a drug just i just strive to do things naturally and not it put something in my body that is best that it doesn't need, you know. Yeah, then you can have out. strategies. If you do need medicine or medical in intervention, you can have strategies for the repair that the damage does. Absolutely. Remember, side effects, side effects is not a side effect. Side effect is damage and toxicity. Yes. Yeah, well <laughs> Come said, on, gang. Sir. It's not a freaking side effect. They just softened it, you know. Well said. <laughs> Cut it out. It's so a toxic, it's, it's, it's something that the body's rejecting and creating damage. And so you got yes. to repair the damage that they're doing. Right. Everything, everything has a price. Uh, if you're going to take a drug, it's going to have a price to price to it. And uh, it may be not the price that you were aware of or intended. So let's get, let's get into uh, some specific health stuff. All right. Yeah. What are the seven elements to optimize health and healing? Seven elements. So even this is kind of Toltec wisdom, but it's also, or native American 
there are, we are made up of the earth, water, air, and fire. Those are the elements of nature. And they are, inha- they are inherently us, earth, water, air, and fire. Yes. They show up as the earth element shows up as digestive system. So mm-hmm. everybody will say your digestion has to be right. And digestion from mouth to anus is the microbial community. Yeah, the microbes. It's all about parasites, bacteria, virus, fungus, all those living guys in harmony inside of us are all there to help us. Okay? They are not here to harm us at all if they're from nature. If they're from nature, they're here to wake us up to live a consciously healing life. Wow. So you're talking about, you're saying there's a really a, a true harmony that is the truth of things going down to the micro, not just microscopic, maybe even molecular level. All right. And when we have problems, it's some sort of misunderstanding. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's, I'm living an ignorant and arrogant life. <laughs> it's just that simple. I hate to say it. it and in its simplicity, it's complicated. And you might be addicted to your complications. Oh, yeah, sure. So I need a complicated solution. So you keep the problem alive. But the simplicity is I'm living ignorant and arrogant of my earth element, of the microbial community on my skin, in my body, in my cells, and they are there to help us. Okay? The germs and the germ theory is the same thing as what I said earlier about cancer as a disease. It's saying germs cause illness. But the other statement has to be true. Germs don't cause illness. It's the sickness of the person that causes the germs to get aroused. Wow. It's the sickness of the person. Cancer, same thing. Cancer is not a disease. It's the sickness of the person that causes cancer to be created so you can live a consciously healing life and get empowered. So the water element refers to your circulatory system. And the circulatory system is not just the blood. It's the lymphatic. It's the uh, cerebral spinal fluids. It's your tears. You got to cry. You got to have a relationship with the oceans, the water, the, the lakes, drinking water, hydration. It's circulation. Then you got the air element, which obviously is the respiratory system. How you breathe, not only breathe, but what you're breathing is very important. And then the fire element, which is the ultimate element because it represents transformation at its peak. It's the sun, it's the light. And if we have told that we are the light, then we need to understand that we need a relationship with light and not artificial light. Think of artificial light like artificial sweetener. Very problematic at that element. Very problematic. And what do, what do a lot of doctors tell you? Don't go in the sun. Put sunscreen on. Put sunglasses on. Hide from the light. It's not right. It's not, it's not in alignment with what you are. So then you got the mind and the mind, I just sort of broke out. Okay. I mean, everything you said to me resonates as a, as I'm not going to say powerful truth as the truth or truthful. Let me say that. Okay. Let's, let's say there's truthful. Uh, And I was really, it was inspirational. It was awesome. However, the last thing you said was about, Okay, we hear about we get all these warnings and admonishments about the dangers of the sun and UV, you know, sun, you know, lotions and skin cancer. <laughs> and you're and you're saying that 
maybe it's not as truthful or as or we don't have to be so afraid of the sun as we've been conditioned to be no we're meant to be in the sun but we're meant to actually understand that the sun the light the fire therapy or the fire element is in us yeah. and it refers to our nervous system and hormonal system so if you're having a problem with skin cancers and stuff like that, I already know there's compromise at the nervous system, hormonal system, respiratory system, circulatory system, and your digestive system. Wow. You, I you know that you're, you're, Dan, you're, you're blowing me away because this, this is really profound stuff, man. This whole thing. Well, Which I think I, you stole from the Toltecs. But I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I personified it. It's certainly not my original thinking, but Leonard Orr was one who was the father of rebirthing and breath work. In the, in the West here, and he had his seven elements and I personified it. So I don't take credit for the, the, the framework, but I, per, I put it through my personal experience as an engineer. And now I'm just sharing, I combined it with Harold Percival's work. So I mixed the ingredients. So let's face it, Tony. I was only, all, I was only being facetious. I know, I get it. I know I'm defending myself, but that's all right. No, no, I want to so, yeah. say that certainly. I was only being facetious. I, <laughs> okay. Was, I do the fine. same thing. I, I, mean, get a sense I, of humor. I mean, I'm a very unique, I embrace my individuality, my uniqueness. However, you know, the most creative people hide their sources. <laughs> you know? uh, and, you know, we have learned so much, but you are personifying is you, you found, you put the, you've learned things that you, that you found to be the most uh, resonant or powerful or relevant. And you're putting it together. Yes. As a framework to follow a yes. different script, right? A different right. way to follow instead of the American dream script. I want to follow a different one, which is a framework. So every framework has its, what we call as engineers is fields fitted. If the field fit that and artistically express it, right? So the mind comes up and now the mind, wow, you have to get control of your mind. Yes. And you have to direct it to whatever ends you desire. That's Napoleon Hill. Yep. Right? I don't ask for more riches. I ask for more wisdom for which yes. to use the riches you gave to me at birth, consisting in the power to direct and guide my own mind to whatever ends I need, right? I want. Yes. So the mind is it. But now in order to do that, you have to rise above emotionality because you have to access the ability to reason, access higher reasoning and be objective in the moment of your emotionality because the emotions are real, but they're not the truth. Yes, absolutely. That's that emotion. <laughs> emotions are a great, uh, curse and blessing. Yes. And then of course you want to access your creativity, the mind of creativity, the mind of, you know, the emotional mind in the sense of an, as a guidance to guide you to the next choice that you're supposed to be making. That's what it really is, is a guidance system. And then you've got love at its core. And I had to say, I asked clients, I say, define love. And they haven't thought about it. Because it's been programmed in what love is, right? By Hollywood, by anybody, right? right? So I had to sit for a couple of years and think about love. What is it? What, how do I have a framework so I can know if I'm loving, right? Yeah. Generosity. You got the classics, generosity, encouragement. You know, we got kindness. Yeah, I got that. But what's a bigger version of that? So I want to share that with people because I think they're going to jam on this. So love, we're going to, we're going to continue this. We're going to take commercial break. Then we're going to continue with this because I want to go in a direction. Great stuff. We'll come right back. All right, take us we'll go, away. We'll come right back with Dan. <laughs> this episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by Perfizio. 
What if there was a self-improvement program truly personalized to you, that knew and cared for you deeply, that whatever was going on in your life adapted for you perpetually? Visit www.perphysio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O.io, where you can start a program that will always suit you considering all the pressures and nuances of your life. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petrozzo. We're having an incredible conversation with Dan Hegerich. I mean, I don't even want to stop him, but I have to take a commercial break every now and then. But and he was just going on about love, being loving and, and, and generosity. I now, That may allude to my next question, which, is, which I want to get into. What are the top three areas of life people would need to bring awareness to in order to live an empowered life? Was lovingness and generosity part of it? I, don't <laughs> I like it. That's great. I think we're. I think we're in connection. I think we're we're aligned, Tony. So, <laughs> I think the three areas of human life that we have is our health, mm. our wealth, and our love in relationships. Health, wealth, right? and love. Right. So we want to know that we have our health. We want to know that we have our wealth, but I don't want to define that as our financial finances. I want to define it as your creative imagination brought into tangible reality that will that somebody else will value and improve the quality of their life. Mm, yes, sir. So the person who is the wealthiest is the one that can take a creative inspiration and bring it tangibly into reality so other people can uh, improve the quality of life. That's the wealthiest person. Oh, that, that is... That's probably the best definition I've ever heard. So, so t- don't get stuck on money. Get stuck on your creative ideas that you want to improve the quality of your life or the life of someone else and bring it to the marketplace. Okay. And forget about the money. For, just be creative. Okay. Fantastic. And then you're wealthy. And guess what? Creativity is unlimited because you tap into the source of creativity, which is unlimited. According to you, Dan, I'm a multi-trillionaire. Because- <laughs> <laughs> and you probably are. It just doesn't, it hasn't made its way into tangible reality yet. So <laughs> you know what? And I'm working on that. And, you know, I'm creating this. I have my app Proficio. It's going to revolutionize self-help and personal development. My company, Auxilium, I have a partner and we're going to staff out as it grows. And I'm always working on creating this company, uh, my, how I imagine it. Yeah. And I would just work, yeah. I would just work on it before this interview. And it's so unique, <laughs> it's so wonderful. It's going to be so it's such great service to both the customers as well as the employees. Well, this is the time for it. This is what people want right now, you know, and I hate to say it. I don't even the care end- about that. This is yeah. my expression. I, of yeah, this is you. This is you. Right. Right. Well, in the sense that it's going to improve the quality of someone else's life, you know, yeah. and so Love is the essence of it because self-love is the is absolute love. Self-love is absolute love. And it's what's needed to get yourself healthy. Right. It's what's needed to get yourself creative and get uh, seen, heard, and felt. So self-love is at the core, but people get misunderstood about what self-love is. And we've defined it earlier in some way, which is self-love is who do you want to be in the world? Yeah. That's self-love. And self-love says, I'm going to a- exercise the actions and, ha- and create habits on who I want to become. That's loving the self. And I'm going to say no to those, those habits that take me away from the self I want to become. That's an act of self-love by saying no. Saying no is not something that's bad. It's an act of self-love when you're under the conscious impression that you're actually going to create someone 
that you want to, that you could feel not just pride, but you could feel really jazzed about in that you're going to help yourself first, then you can help others, or you're going to help others, which is the same thing as helping yourself. So it's just two different pathways. I had to spend 20 years helping myself and indirectly helping others along the way because I was so damaged by chemotherapy, radiation, bone marrow transplants, the divorce, psychiatric drugs, you know, so I had to clean all that up. And it wasn't until about 2018 where there was a, there was one switch that went on that started the shift. And that was because of movement therapy. So we could do another podcast on that. Yeah. It wasn't a special food. It wasn't this, it was actually the, this movement therapy. Um, and we could do it. Feldenkrais, you know, Feldenkrais. I do. No, this was actually just, all right. This was just, I had to, I got measured by the sports, uh, Colorado sports medical center, um, and human performance in Colorado. I got, I got myself met mitochondrial tested my mitochondria tested. And Dr. San Milan, who was given the test said, Dan, you're not healthy at the cellular level. Your mitochondria are atrophied. You don't have a lot of mitochondria. So that's why you don't have a lot of energy production. So you need to do 45 minutes of cardiovascular exercise at a certain heart rate, which was 122 beats per minute, which is nothing. It's very low. Oh, that's low. That's very low. Yeah. Consider your heart rates at 80. So it's, you know, 75. It was very low. And so I had to do slow, low and long training, which was the opposite of my personality. <laughs> so ah. it was very meditative, humbling, painful in a psychological way. It was 100% mental all the way. And the first time I did it, I go, this is what I need because it's so painful mentally Yeah. to slow down, Yeah. to slow down. And he mm -hmm. caught it just through exercise. And so I had to train four days a week and then 10% of that I could do in a certain other zone level. So, and start to stretch and strengthen the mitochondria. He was in one year, I shifted it. That was the biggest, that was another big shift in slowing down the mind. Yeah, you could do it with um, other various Feldenkrais. You can do with Qigong, Tai Chi, yoga, any of those Eastern philosophies of slowing down so you could bring what? More awareness into your body. Wow. And then you can feel all the, all the compensations that you make just to move your body. And, yeah, when, you and work I, those, when you work those compensations out, your body becomes more aligned and you feel good about life in your body. I've been so negligent about that. Of course, I realize that, but I don't realize it truly because if I realize it truly, I would be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I realize the part of I'm like, yeah, I want to do yoga and Feldenkrais. <laughs> and, and what have I done? Uh, you know, sit on the chair and, and put on the TV. Uh, you know, I've been so negligent lately. It's uh, shameful, but uh, it's obviously extremely common. Um, but and yeah, it's not your zone of genius. <laughs> yeah. Like your zone of genius is this, this baby that you're trying to birth, right? Oh, my God. I mean, That's your zone of genius. So that's obviously from the world. It's obviously, it's you, you work hard on that and then you want to relax. But then it's like, oh, shit, I got this other part of me that needs my love and attention. Man, you, you really articulated it. Uh, it's true. It's true. I mean, I, you know, it's very difficult to be this perfect self and might be just a fool's errand in the first place. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
uh, you know, but there are there are fortes or great strengths or great, you know, I am I am a visionary. I don't say that with any self-aggrandizement. I'm creating this, this I've created the app and we're striving to get, bring it to market. Uh, and it's been, it would have done years ago, we were undercapitalized and I could have got capital different ways, but I, I didn't want to do it in a way that was, that's typical. And, and, but I think it's really going to transform the world because, you know, my, 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 my mission is to help people achieve their mission. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? Of course, yeah. And of course. that's the greatest mission in the world. It that, is. I mean, it is. <laughs> world, like, with that mission, how could I become anything but a multi-trillionaire? <laughs> well, in, in the heart sense, you right. know, in the heart sense, in again, since I have a, a vision of what would life be like if we weren't so concerned about chronic degenerative diseases and all the people that die early or young and because mm -hmm. of it, or even in their later lives where they just, they, they're, they're dying longer. People aren't living longer. They're dying longer. Right. And they're patched up and stuff yes. like that. So they're just a commodity, you know, and so people just keep them alive just to make them a commodity. So my mission is to make a, a, a difference in that we can eradicate chronic degenerative disease as part of the human experience. But in the mission part, the mission is not as hard as one thinks. It's just what can I do to make you healthier, wealthier and more loving today than you were yesterday? How can I coach you to just do what you need? Because it's not a goal. It's a process. So you could set the goal. And you could set the goal, but that's a lag measure. You want to lead it with the process of what can I focus on and what's in my control right now? The serenity prayer. What can I do right now to go to the goal and let go of the goal? And then just do the process and win the day. Win today. That's all you need to focus on. Wild stuff. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have a, a final commercial break now because we're, we're coming to the unfortunate last segment with you. It's been, and you've, you've, it's been so packed with so much stuff. And, and it, it, we, there's been no one linear road because one thing has led to another. Not, I mean, tangentially, but, but they're all related. <laughs> That's what we're, we're in the sandbox just creating. Right, right, man. It's great stuff. So let's take our final our final break. Okay. I want to come right back with Dan Hagerich. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having an extraordinary discussion with Dan Hagerich about health and vitality and spirituality and this thing life you know living a life that's rewarding worth living that's perhaps nothing like it is today but we've glimpsed that it can be possible uh and let's let's go back to the one of the original things that impress uh people about you is how you survived cancer six times you know you've already alluded to it and, and touched on it in a number of ways uh, but you have a very interesting perspective on cancer. Can you share your experience with cancer six times and perhaps how you navigated the challenges to overcome cancer six times? <laughs> well, I think in the beginning I was married. And so I was really holding on to my, my wife was the lifeline in some regards unconsciously. So what that, what does that mean? It means that if you go to battle, if you're a, if you're a, a real soldier and you go to battle and you take a picture of your wife, you take a picture of your girlfriend, your mother, whatever. If you get, 
hit and you're uh, down and you're dying, you know what they're going to say to their comrade is just tell my wife I love her because they're holding love as their fuel, consciously or unconsciously. Okay. But in their dying days, if they have a last breath, that's probably what's going to come out. Tell my family I love them. Tell my brother I love them. Tell someone I love them, you know. And that was what was carrying me through a lot of these processes. Now, at one point, the bone marrow transplant failed. And I remember I was so disappointed, so discouraged. I looked at my wife. We talked about it. I said, look, it, I don't want to do chemotherapy anymore. I just want to ride this out and see where it goes. And of course, that scared her. <laughs> so she's like, I can't live without a guy. You know, I, this is the, my American dream is we're supposed to be married and, you know, have kids and yada, yada, yada. So she grabbed me by the lapel and she basically just really infused me with all of her life energy. It felt like it was almost like a, you know, the paddles from a, a resuscitating a heart. You know, it just felt like she shocked me into, um, taking the next step, which she said, Dan, you have to do chemotherapy. You have to do it. It was more like I have to do it for her, you know, and, and for us. So my love for her and stuff, like that, I said, you know what? Okay. But you know what? I'm going to have to make some serious changes in my diet and exercise program. Okay. And so that was the time that I started to change into realizing I have to really stop this cockiness, you know, this ego cockiness, competitiveness. And I had to stop becoming creative and really dive into diet and exercise, which now has turned into nutrition and movement because everyone's on a diet, but it doesn't mean it's nourishing, yeah. right? And so, and everyone's moving or exercising, but that doesn't mean the exercise is nourishing either, right? Because that exercise that you're doing is probably malnourishing. So it's it's giving you what your ego wants. Why, why do you not, say that? I mean, why do you say it's probably malnourishing? Because if a person goes in there hormonally and neurologically depleted, they're gonna, they can probably take on exercises that are hormonally and okay neurologically depleting them right mm -hmm. or they're not addressing their earth element with the structure of the primal movement patterns that they need to realign with for survival you have to have a, a greater understanding or insight yeah. to do things blindly yes yeah you're gambling right right so fast forward um my wife left the marriage for another guy and that was when i went into psychosis i went i triggered a bipolar episode and that was nice of her well, in, in, in essence, in, you know, at the time, again, entering the pain is a lot less painful than resisting it. So yep, yep. I asked the question, why am I suffering for her choices? Mm. That means I'm trying to take control of her choices, number one. Number two, the answer came, because if you ask a question, the mind can go and answer the question. So the yes, answer sir. was, because you're unhappy. Mm. And you have always been unhappy. It's unconscious unhappiness where you put responsibility on her to be responsible for your unhappiness unconsciously yep. secondly you put your happiness in her and not in you not knowing who you are so you were just doing it because you needed to get approval from someone outside of you so that said essentially happiness is in the people places and things of this world and you that's a lie hard truth and that's a lie and that's a big lie so i i dove in I, I and it started to lighten up and i just said oh i have to learn how to be happy for who i want to be in the world but I didn't know anything about that. I didn't really understand it. So um, it was still rocky. And I wound up in a, a suicide. I was in a suicide um, attempt at a gun club. And in the gun club, 
I had a conversation going on where I was like, oh, you're too much of a pussy. You can't pull the trigger on yourself. And I'm like, oh, I'll show you. Uh, it's like all that like teenage shit that was going on when you were friends. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you're a pussy, you're bad. You know, you can't do it. So this was going back and forth to the point where I remember putting the gun in my mouth. And that was a Mel Gibson moment in the uh, Lethal Weapon movies where his wife committed suicide or got killed by some mobsters. And he was in love with her. So he was suffering and he put the gun in his mouth and he, he was, he didn't pull the trigger. So I was like, oh shit, you know what? I've survived cancer six times this five times so far. I'll probably survive this worse. And then it'll make everybody else's life miserable. Right. <laughs> I better not do it this way. And so I put it behind the, the lump of knowledge behind the back of the neck here of the head right up there. Cause I know if you shoot the medulla oblongata, you shut the body off completely. There's no mess. So you, you're dead. You're dead instantly. So I put the gun there. And then all of a sudden, there's a third part of me that came in and said, hey, Dan, if you two are going to argue, why don't you just take a shot at the target? If you two are just pussyfooting around here, just take a shot at the target. So I said, good idea. So I aimed at the target so profoundly. I came into the present moment and the target just grew and it filled the room. I literally went into a holograph. Holograph. It was nothing was nothing else was there except for a target, me and Eamon. And this conscious something came in. Giggling, laughing, no pain, no history, no cancer, no wife lost, nothing. Just an intelligence of joy. And um, I shot all the bullets out. I took the thing back. And here's another paradox that people will have to learn. This gun just saved my life. So you're at a shooting range. You yep. have this whole experience, yep. a holographic experience. Then you empty the rounds down range. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you targets or not, but then, but by the end of that, you had had a transformational experience. Another awakening. <laughs> Just another one to, to crack the ego a little bit more. Guns don't kill people. It's the suffering of people that kill people. Yes. Okay. So it's not the gun, but this is the irony that this gun just saved my soul in some way. Yeah. So yeah. I put it down. I went home and I had two days of just really wonderful experience. But then I came back into Kansas and I didn't have anyone to share this with. We, I had no grounding for that experience. And so it led me to more psychosis. Now that the polarity got bigger, like the, the, the reality of where I was living in human reality got bigger. And I went into the um, psychiatric ward and I said, look, it, I need to learn how to self-love myself. I just had this experience and I need to learn to love that part of me that showed up there. And they just said, that's your mental illness talking. And I was, I felt so, so societally rejected that the anger came up that they did not, uh, they could not hear, listen and see me. They couldn't feel anything about my vibe, didn't understand my story. And all they wanted to do was medicate. And I got so angry, but I still had such emotional illiteracy i didn't know how to express it healthy so it just imploded and while i was in lockdown in the psychiatric ward the tumors came back raging so two days later i'm i have this terminal cancer back and i'm like oh shit this is personal now that's when i knew i had to leave and let god i had to leave that i had to get out of that fear-based model that victim model that you don't know what you're talking about we're going to take care of you and they don't have the heart or the open-mindedness to listen to their patients. So I, I found my way out. I acted my way out, got out of there in seven days, had the tumors raging. And the doctors were like, 
the oncologist was like, well, we'll try to get some monoclonal antibodies. We'll do set. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do this. This is it. And I went home and sure enough, I, I started to download information from when I was an engineer and I started to apply it. That's how we got the earth element is related to the microbial world, et cetera, et cetera. And the cir circulatory system is the, the water of the earth, right? And so I started to put it together. I started applying this philosophy and in five months, I got rid of the tumors. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's 22 years ago. So have you been cancer-free for 22 years? Right. Wow, well, the same thing. Remember I mentioned about addiction? Yeah, so I told you we were totally aligned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. And so that's the story of cancer. And then I had to repair and rejuvenate the human body because of the damage. And that took me a, a long time and a lot of discouragement and a lot of obstacles and a lot of bartering and a lot of where am I going to pay? How am I going to pay for this and that? And, you know, and I was surviving, but I was also thriving in the sense that I had a self love, a self that I wanted to create for the world. Wow. It's incredible. What a, what a, the whole story, everything you shared with me in this, in this uh, conversation has just been either re remarkable or incredible <laughs> this is uh, great stuff man wow uh unfortunately we're at the end uh do you have any uh final remarks for the audience i'm gonna just close it with what we started with health is the foundation to life love is the purpose for living and miracles don't just happen they are created and you are the creator i love it dan this has been i truly very interesting, very organic, very, but I think very valuable for a number of different listeners or different kinds of listeners. Uh, obviously, things that resonate with people resonate with them. But I mean, in general health, I mean, I, I'm a generally healthy people, but there you've inspired me to have some, if at the very least introspection, and uh, even better than that, taking some actions on improving myself or going to the next step where the step that's been waiting for me to take. Uh, so it's been a really fantastic discussion. I really appreciate it. Uh, and how can a, a person uh, find out more about you or get a hold of you? There's two best ways. One, you can check out my website so you can get the backstory and read a little bit of what we just shared today. So it's more written down, right? So yep. it's, my website's more informative rather than catchy and, you know, call to action type thing. And then you can uh, email me directly at Dan Hegerich. Well, the website's danhegerich.com. Right. That's E-H-E-G-E-R, people. Okay. Yes. I see. Right, so and then uh, you can email me at the same name, danhegerich at yahoo.com. If you want to have a 30-minute free discovery call that we could just dive in and I can connect with you and see how I can best serve you to be healthier, wealthier, and more loving today than you were yesterday. Wow. Very kind of you. Great and generous of you. So people, I, I recommend you go to danhegerich.com to check out more of what he's about and what he what he espouses a lot of fascinating and valuable stuff or if you're interested in really uh, addressing situation and making improvements take up take him up on his kind offer for a 30-minute call was that yeah 30-minute yeah. call with them you know i think that uh <laughs> i recommend it because this is you really uh, impressed me i don't say that in a in a boasting way uh, but uh, you really walked the walk and uh been through you know been through some hardship man 
fantastic. It's been my pleasure to meet you, Dan. Thank you very much for coming on. And I want uh, everyone to remember, we're all responsible for ourselves and we could all use a little help. With that, thank you so much for listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast. And thank you, Dan Hegerich. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.